I talk about this a bit at MoneroCon. I, I heard someone reference it at Monero uh, era in Guns and Bitcoin, Diverter, no KYC, this Uncle Jim, the Uncle Jim model, where you have uh, uh, yeah, Uncle yeah. Jim within in the yeah. in the family or in the community that is uh, running the infrastructure that has not as doesn't have like the access where your centralized choke points have. Um, mm -hmm. So like that that I think is really attractive, especially with this light wallet this light wallet server compared with the nodes. Like you have your uncle Jim running this for your family and friends. And so their experience is, is optimal through, through the uncle Jim. Like as, long, as long as you don't, don't use your uncle Sam though. You don't want to be using your uncle Sam, maybe yeah. uncle Jim, but not. <laughs> this week on Monero talk is sponsored by Monero.com wallet store, send, receive and exchange your Monero safely on iOS and Android too. Monero.com wallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. And by IVPN. Resist online surveillance with IVPN, a privacy-focused audited and transparent VPN provider that accepts Monero directly. And by Stealth EX, an instant exchange where privacy is the top concern. Go to StealthEX.io to instantly exchange between Monero and 450 plus assets without having to create an account or register and with no limits making Stealth EX a simple way to purchase Monero with crypto anonymously. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever. By typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or Cake Wallet send address field to send us a tip. This week on Monero Talk. Douglas Tuman interviews Justin Berman, a software developer working on Monero full-time who provides eloquent insights into latest technical developments. The two discuss the recent hard fork, Justin's contribution to Monero, his past involvement with Havino and current take on the protocol, how to start working with Monero, the implementation of Seraphis Jamtis, upcoming improvements, the power of open source projects, inflation bugs, whether or not Elon and Kanye will transact in Monero, and much more. Narrow Talk starts now. All right, Justin, thanks for doing this. Of course, thanks for having me. Thank, thanks for putting up with all the uh, newfangled technology that we're using over here. <laughs> <laughs> appreciate, right. appreciate your patience. No worries. This, this is our second time doing this out with the Monero talks it actually worked out pretty well last time it's cool so I mean because I basically I never edit the interviews anyway so it's like and I used to do them live back in the day so uh it's nice because we do the interview and then people get to ask a question or two in the spaces and it just helps get the get the word out too by using Twitter I'm ready so how you doing man uh it's been a long time I don't think I think uh, last time I saw you was at Monerotopia right uh, Monero caught. So, oh, um, what's Monero? Yeah. Okay. You're yes. there. But, uh, I've been good. So that's been going good. Um, we had the hard fork since then and, uh, things kind of a bit rocky a bit and then kind of smoothened out. And, uh, I'd say, uh, we're, we're chugging along now moving towards, uh, Seraphis and Jamtis. Things are moving. What was it? What was the rockiness? I, I wasn't even aware. Well, there was some, there were some like versioning issues. I mean, uh, it was like, uh, people who needed to update from that was, that was probably the biggest thing I'd say around the time of the hard fork, people who needed to, didn't have their apps updated or their wallet updated, 
didn't know that they needed to update and then had issues needing to sync. Uh, that was probably the biggest one. Oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I mean, nothing like chain-wise, everything was smooth, but mostly uh, getting people to update was the biggest thing. It's like it's like turning a big ship, right? It's like uh, I, I don't want to make the Titanic analogy, but it's it's like turning turning a large vessel, right? Definitely, definitely. I yeah, I, think, I, I mean because because what what happened was like uh, I mean the, we had Bulletproof Plus and then um, the view tags. So what would happen is if your your wallet hadn't updated yet, it wouldn't be able to scan this new transaction format. Um, so that's where. So you, it would get stuck, and then uh, that was the that was kind of the biggest pain point I'd say people seem to be running into. Okay. But yeah, it's like any kind of change like that, it, it affects it. Like, I mean, we we put the the word was out for for months in advance of, of and what changes were on the way. But you know, it's like it's it's kind of a it's it's a huge ecosystem. So it just it you get these these things percolate and issues spring up, and just kind of yeah. Yeah, turning a big ship. It's a good analogy. Your your internet's getting a little spot. Hopefully, hopefully we'll be okay. There was a little little bit of breakup, but hopefully we'll fingers crossed. I, I think before we um, proceed, we sh you should introduce yourself. I, I obviously know who you are, but uh, anybody who's hearing about Justin uh, for for the first time, how how would you describe yourself in the Monero community? So I've been working on Monero full time. Um, through CCSs, kind of on and off, but have been pretty much still full time since about July, August of last year. So this is like now a year and a few months now, um, and it has been. And I'm a developer, so just basically the kind of work I've been doing is um, work across the core of the reference wallets and some work in the daemon. Some, so for example, in the latest hard fork, um, we had this update where uh, scanning transactions in your wallet can take a bit of time. It's what kind of I'd say one of one of Monero's pain points and one of its uh, UX pain points. And so, I implemented this feature that's picked that sped that scanning up. Um, so that was uh, one of the flagship things I'd say I've done last year. year that was, uh, so, was uh, the, the tagging. What was what was that? What was that? The view, you... view tags was the, the view tag. Yeah. Yes, and that was a co co's idea. Um, Genius, that was yeah, a very clever trick. Very very clever trick. Yes, I mean basic explaining how it works. You you hash. So when I send you some Monero, uh, I'll generate a shared secret that only you would be able to derive. Um, so and 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 then that secret gets hashed, and then we take a byte of that. And that becomes the view tag. A byte, one byte of that hash, rather than continuing with some more expensive uh, cryptographic operations that your wallet would need to do when, when basically trying to decrypt every single transaction in the chain to see which one belongs to you, uh, mm -hmm. we can skip. We can skip some steps with just this little one byte hash that uh, that speeds it up by about like thirty percent or so in that in that range. That's awesome. Very, very clever idea by Co. Right, so it's a, it's a quick way when when your when your wallet is scanning the blockchain to see what transactions uh, are are you know relevant to it, it could find those transactions fast. It doesn't have to scan every single transaction individually, essentially, right? 
it still does have to it has to scan every single transaction still but the the number of steps that it has to do is is cutting is cut basically so like there's there's okay. a few expensive operations that it has to do and right. it, it, it like deep scan that. okay right it could it could quickly in a quick overview scan it could quickly t eliminate some right away be like you know those aren't yes. exactly exactly right. that's it that's that's so cool, man. I mean, I feel like that's like a lot of what Monero, improving Monero is about, right? It's like like figuring out these little puzzle tricks that that right is that is that basically what it's coming down to at this point? I mean, so that concept, so Tevador took that concept and then thought it through and how to apply it um, mm -hmm. in an in a, in a more uh, ingrained way into the protocol um, that would would enable a particular tier. Um, as part of a potential of this up the potential Seraphis slash Shamtis upgrade. So he he then took that concept and then or he or she or whoever Tevador is um, and then applied it to create this new form of tier that's that I think is also really awesome. That's just building from that idea. Um, so I'd say yeah, like that's kind of a just kind of a series of upgrades. That's is how it seemed to be since, I mean, that's, that's just been the general history of Monero is what, is what it's been, how, how I've seen it. It's, you've got, you start with your, your small size ring signatures, and then you move on to ring CT where we hide amounts and all that. And then like kind of these series of, series of upgrades, uh, along the way to optimize or improve in various places. How you feeling about Monero right now? I mean, now that you, I mean, you've you've looked at the code pretty pretty closely. I would say closer than ninety nine point nine 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 percent of of all society. Um, most of us wouldn't even begin to understand it. So now that you've you know you've looked at it for for well you you were working for we should say right weren't you doing working on Haven before this? Yes. Right. So, so similar. So you were kind of already looking at Monero because that's a fork in Monero. So I imagine uh, you you learned a lot about Monero during during that time as well right yes so I, I started working on haven about uh, february of mm -hmm. last year right and actually the first the first task that i had um like within the hate on the haven side was forking the light wallet the light wallet stuff that like my my monero had created mm -hmm. um and forking that for haven and repurposing it that repurposing it there so a lot of that code Actually, shout out to uh, Paul Shapiro on, on that end. Um, a lot of that code actually took. So the Monero code base is is heavy. It's very very heavy. Um, there's particular there are particular points to it that um, are specifically uh, relatively complex, really long, like long functions that that are that are kind of uh, difficult to see how all the pieces fit together. Um, mm -hmm. In particular, there's one one piece called it's like we refer to as like Wallet Two. It's just this massive, massive wallet file that just does a whole, whole ton of different stuff. Now, my Monero had to strip out a lot of, a lot of the core wallet functionality, um, and it was implemented in a bit of simpler code that I, I felt was a bit easier to get my head around. Complete, so it was a nicer, definitely a nicer introduction into the code base from, from my end. Um, and shout out to Paul Shapiro for that on that end. Um, and then since then, I was kind of able to just kind of piece by piece get through the Monero code base. Uh, how how do I how I feel about it? I, I think there are definitely areas for improvement, um, specifically in, in the wallet too. That's I mean that's one that's one area that just kind of just keeps growing. And um, and I'm I'm even at fault for for some of that too. I, I've worked in wallet too and added 
added some complexity into there as well. That's just like, it just has felt like there's, it's, it's really difficult to get around that. Like when a new feature, when you want to work on a new feature, that's just seems like the easiest way to, to get through. And like, you just kind of have to, to like get through the, the various edges of wallet too and figure it out now with, with Seraphis and Jamtis. Wait, wait, um, can, you, can you just explain what do you mean with wallet two is, is the name of what are you referring to as wallet two? So there's this, so, okay. So there's this file in the Monero code base. So the, in the, in the, the core Monero repo, um, now in the, in the core Monero repo, um, there is the daemon, the, the node that you run, like there's that software. And then there's a bunch of, there's, there are a few other different software programs that, that are put out within the, the main repo. Um, mm -hmm. and there is this, this wallet file that pow that basically it's like the meat that, that powers, um, the CLI wallet, uh, the RPC wallet and the GUI wallet and other wallets in the ecosystem also like like will use around wallet too and and rely on that as as mm -hmm. their as the kind of core logic of their of their wallet software um mm -hmm. now so wallet two is this one file that is um it's kind of like it is the powering that it's like the beast where like the core of it all lives and it's and it's a it's a really really long file um it's got like i think it's it's over ten thousand lines um of code uh forgot the exact number on it now but uh that's that's what i'm referring to this this particular this particular file that that just is kind of handling all this core got logic it. that lots of wallets use got it and then you were you was leading to the next thought when you were saying with seraphis once once seraphis is uh is added that it's gonna so one idea with Seraphis is to basically start fresh, um, start fresh with a new wallet, uh, take ideas from wallet two, take ideas from, from wallet software that we've run into, and then just start fresh in a, in a more structured, organized fashion that avoids this, this kind of, uh, building of, of complexity that, that has become wallet two and become the, the beast that, that it has become. So that's, uh, that's one of the, the main ideas behind that's uh powering seraphis right now and there's this there's this working group that's been meeting every monday um to discuss this and uh our brunner uh renee brunner is has been leading has been running uh those kinds of group discussions there's like a whole there's a whole github uh repository that kind of is, has been the, the house of a lot of these discussions and so that's that's basically a some effort is is heading in that direction at, at this point in time Sorry, I'm distracted. I just wanted to, I pinned to the spaces, uh, Monerotopia.com. We're having the conference in Mexico. Uh, so anybody that's listening in in spaces, check that out. Uh, Justin, maybe, maybe we could get you down there as a speaker. What do you think? I know, I know we tried to get you at the last Monerotopia. You felt like it was, it was too soon that you weren't worthy yet to get up on, on stage. Uh, obviously I certainly thought you are and, and most certainly think now, what do you think? Are, are you, would you, I'm would in. you you're in all right I'm in. I'm all right in. that that was not staged guys that was live that was live <laughs> awesome man yeah and no, I, I felt like i had i had more to I needed to contribute before i could feel like i i and i also didn't have a great topic to to just to talk about i felt like at, at the time but uh, at monerocon i gave that then it felt like there was some there was some good content to uh that i could speak on so yes i feel like i'm sure um 
you've been doing a great job, man, too. And I don't just mean in like what you're doing in coding, because obviously, I, you know, as you can tell, I don't, I don't under, you know, I understand what you're saying. You're putting in, in layman's terms, but I wouldn't be able to go look at your work and tell if you're doing a good job or not. But uh, also just in, in terms of the way you're, you're handling it in the community, your whole your whole style, you're uh, thank you. Uh, you're, you're very humble. Uh, it's it's good. Uh, we, we, we all, yeah, much appreciated, man. Um, so I guess what, what my question was though, like, like the Monero code itself. So after looking at it for all this time, like, like, how do you, how do you currently feel about the protocol? Like, obviously there's, you got guys are constantly tweaking it. It's like a never ending, right. Battle. Right. Um, but how, how do you well, currently feel about the, the protocol? Okay. So the core, the, the core protocol, the, the stuff that like handles, for example, um, validating transactions. That's a very isolated component of the code base that mm-hmm. uh, is very, I mean, it was touched for Bulletproof Plus, um, and I went in and touched some of it for the UTAG stuff, but it's like, it's a very isolated part of the code that isn't isn't really tweaked very often. Like that doesn't really, that doesn't, and, and when it does, it gets a lot of eyes on it, and, and it's, it, that's that's like that stuff is, has been sitting there now like then you have other parts where you have like processing the pool or like or individual components of that where there's another or or how how to relay transactions and things of that nature um connection protocol p2p stuff that that stuff has been touched more more frequently i'd say and like it and it got does get a bit more um tinkering with i'd say as as different different issues come to light or different updates need to be made um i'd say that that stuff does get touched a bit more but as far as like concern is where you seem to be going in that in in the direction of like concern over things being touched that could end up you know like uh we end up with an inflation bug or like some some crazy stuff like that like yeah i was really more referring to like just like how you feel about it in terms of you know how private Monero currently is, how, you know, uh, transaction heavy, you know, how heavy the transactions are. Like, is it, is it, is it, is it working well as digital cash currently in terms, in, in terms of, you know, how it's coded or is there like, do you see there's like some, some other low hanging fruit, like, like improvements to be made? Like that's, I'd, I'd say it's been definitely working well as, as, as spec. It's, uh, I mean, the, blocks are chugging along nicely like nodes are nodes are running fine um like there are some maybe some hiccups around when around some stress but on the, like for example around the time of the hard fork there were a bit of like bit of hiccups that seemed to be the case of like slower slower responses like mm-hmm. things things along things along of that now like general privacy um i mean small issues come come up every once in a while that that i mean that that are are deserving of, of fixing, like, um, that are, that are in, in smaller spots that like, I mean, I can, I can explain like, um, for example, one that was, that was pretty recent was, um, if you had a particular setting in your node where you exposed a particular service, um, call it, it's called ZMQ. If you were, if you were using that, a particular thing which not all nodes do um and the node was in this particular um at this in this particular stage of it's called an epoch of for and it's how dandelion plus plus is implemented um basically 
Okay, so a fresher on Dandelion Plus Plus. So the the idea behind Dandelion Plus Plus, uh, when I submit a transaction to a node, um, to my own node, I don't want to be giving up the information that my node is the one that submitted this transaction um, to the rest of the network. I, in the event that there are malicious nodes on the network and adversaries who are listening in to try and see where transactions are coming from. Um, so Dandelion Plus Plus is a way to trying to obfuscate where a transaction originated from. Now there is this particular edge where if you were using this particular sep totally separate kind of service um, that is this particular thing that you exposed on your, on your node uh, and your node was also exposed to the outside world, um, then in that case, and then it was in the, and if your node was in a particular epoch of Dandelion++, in that case, you could end up revealing that a transaction originated from the node. So that's one, and that's one, one like caveat thing. It's been patched, um, but that's like that's a thing where you, you have to take you have a, you have a combined set of circumstances. Someone has to know know the bug, the vulnerability to 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 exploit it, and what it ends up could potentially revealing um, is that a transaction originated from the node. Now, that doesn't compromise the amount in the transaction. It doesn't compromise the receiver, um, the sender. You, you'd have to be building up a graph and you have to be collecting a bunch of transactions to then try and create a graph sort of to, and then try and guess linkages between transactions for that to end up like really harm, like harming privacy in a deep way. Now it, it was still, it was still, it's still an issue. It's still an issue that needs to be patched, but it's not like, not like some huge thing that, and like things like that are like come up and it kind of happens. Um, so now generally speaking, as far as like longer term direction of Monero's privacy, um, the, so the idea with uh, Seraphis is to massively bump the ring size uh, mm -hmm. in Monero. That's like one of, one of the core driving um, features and now rehashing what the what a ring signature is and how Monero utilizes it, what, how it fits into the privacy properties of Monero. Um, if I send you some Monero, uh, I'll be sending you some Monero I had received at some point in the past. So in order for you, for me to make sure that I'm not showing you what Monero I'm spending, my transaction will have a ring signature that uh, comprises 15 other fake, they're called decoy uh, outputs from other people's transactions from across the chain. And I'll mm -hmm. create this ring signature that basically says mine could have been any one of these 16 outputs. And so you're not able to tell with certainty which output it was. Um, now, deep statistical analysis and like various edges could could harm the pri that privacy property still like and, and it, it could uh, like, for example, there was a paper written uh, back in 2017, 2018 by Moser that showed like a pretty, pretty significant weakness in ring signatures. Um, that still even and and it was it was patched and fixed after that, but there are still like edges of where ring signatures can can be uh, uh, imperfect at, at severing a link. For example, if I the break and the breaking Monero series um, gets into gets into these these kind of edges and these 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 niche circumstances that uh, where the privacy is not ideal or not perfect. Um, so, for example, in one circumstance where I I withdraw Monero from an exchange uh, where I'm KYC'd. Um, I go and spend that Monero somewhere. 
that person who received it then goes back to the exchange um, and sends that Monero to the exchange, then the exchange can sort of see this trail um, from that started from them to the endpoint. And there's no, there's still no certainty that that trail is the correct trail, but it's enough of a statistical push in the direction uh, for, for them to have some, some more insight into, into the transaction. Now, so increasing the ring size, um, so the idea is to go from 16 up to some much larger number, potentially 128 or 256, um, mm -hmm. to make that much more difficult to do. Um, now the, the Holy grail, um, is the kind of, is a ring size essentially that comprises the entire chain, mm -hmm. um, of every single output that has ever been made so that there is no, there is no, um, tie back. Now that's essentially what Zcash has now moved to, um, in a trustless way where no one has to be trusted to, to, um, ensure that that property is maintained, um, and, and the properties that it, it's supposed to exhibit. Um, Zcash has moved to that and like they've created some, some solid research surrounding, uh, trustless ZK snarks. And so that's, that's a direction that I, I would hope, I hope that, um, we put more thought and effort and resources into as well into, and that's, and it's, and it's going on right now. Um, Luke Parker, Kaya Nerve, um, is, uh, working on, um, He's he's working on that, pushing that forward as well on that research front. But oh, more he is. Resources, yeah, more more resources in that in that direction would be would be awesome. Um, oh wow! I know he's working on Sarai. I didn't know he's 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 getting into the weeds with the protocol and and taking steps with uh, zk snarks. That's yes. That's exciting. So, and, 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 uh, Seraphis kind of moves us in that direction a little bit too, only because my understanding it's more modular. So it might be easier than to like swap out that component. Yep. Right. That is that... is, that's, that's the idea that is, that is, okay. that is one of the, the, the chief ideas where different components of the, of a, constructing the transaction are separate from each other in such a way that you can then slot in this, this membership proof, uh, to, Take the place of rig signatures and that's that's uh that's one of the ideas that's that's that would be it would be nice to validate it as well and see yeah. it like in action with with a with a, a snark or whatever um to to show that and demonstrate that Damn. that that's yeah that's one of the ideas and so that and so kaiba nerve is is investigating from that from that perspective as well um have to get in alongside there yeah, he's uh, he'll be down in Mexico as well, so you guys can you guys can chat and figure out some things. Awesome. <laughs> that I think that's another positive component of these conferences, right? You get to like hang out with uh, these guys that you're talking to online all the time about these like deep topics, right? That's where I met him. I met him at I met him at Monerotopia, actually. That was where, oh. that was where he and I met. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, we, we chat often. Oh, beautiful. So how far out is, I know you, you, you hate these type of questions, but like how far out is a Seraphis implementation? Like when would we potentially see that live in Monero? So before I could even get to the, the, the spot of like, to that place of, I, I like, we're ready to go. It's there. Like it needs, it still needs to under, undergo review and use audits and things like that. I'd say more feedback from, from more, more parties, I'd say is mm -hmm. our, our required prerequisites, um, before even getting to that point. But time-wise, um, one number we kind of, we threw out was, uh, like 
two years, maybe year and a half, two years. Um, but uh, we'll see. I mean, the, 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 we're, what what's being shot for now is a test net, and that's uh, that's that's a ways off. Maybe six months. Maybe that's the those 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 are those I'd say are the 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 number the numbers. Uh, if I had to give if I had to give dates and and estimates. It, it's exciting that ZK the ZK snark thing is being worked on at the same time in parallel, like you know, trying to figure out how that that might fit in there. That's that's exciting to hear. Uh, you mentioned when you when you were explaining things, ring signatures, the decoy selection. You didn't you look at? Wasn't that one of the first things you looked at? Was uh, the decoy selection algorithm and like didn't you uh, make some yes improvement there or something? Yes. So uh, I found that, um, so Ian Myers, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, he was one of the cryptographers actually working on Zcash. He, helped, he was one of the co-creators. Um, he was in the Monero chats and he was throwing out uh, these charts um, that were, uh, that seemed pretty interesting. They had certain, um, that, and what the, the charts were essentially showing what age decoys were being selected and what should have been selected like and pairing it against what should have been and it looked looked like it might have been a little off so and what i mean by that is like so when i construct a transaction um sending you some monero and so what my wallet will do is it will like i said earlier it'll it'll grab other people's outputs from across the blockchain as decoys now let's say I were to my wallet randomly selected from across the entire blockchain, um, like for the past eight years, and, and it, it just picks any any at random. Um, there's a heuristic that could essentially be used that the Moser paper that I talked about earlier highlighted, where you could guess that mm. the earliest spend is the most likely spent, um, and using that heuristic heuristic, uh, you can kind of you, you can put more pieces of the puzzle together to try and narrow down on, uh, on when, and when form the link from what was spent. Now, what I found, okay. So basically each, so what they've showed in Mo, in the Moser paper was that ideally to avoid, instead of randomly picking from across the entire blockchain, what the algorithm should do is see, ob observe how quickly people do spend how like in practice when somebody receives Monero, how quickly do they end up spending it? Or when they receive Bitcoin, how quickly do they end up spending it? Take those insights and then apply it into the oh, algorithm. Wait, try not to hit your um your mic. I know you Sorry keep moving your hands. I like that you're moving the hands because you're in there, <laughs> but try not to just because we hear every time you're hitting up brushing up against it. We don't want to miss Got your it. your wisdom. Sorry. Keep going. So the algorithm basically shoot. Uh, okay, where was I? It okay. So to have the optimal algorithm that essentially hides which output or tries to best sever the link from yours to another, um, instead of randomly selecting, which could be from any of the any transaction from across the blockchain, what you, what you would ideally want to do is match the actual observed spending patterns that people how freak like observe how quickly people churn outputs and how quickly people spend uh when they receive and how quickly it takes them to then spend subsequently then select decoys that match that spending pattern so that's that's essentially how the algorithm is constructed 
uh, and that's what the Moser paper showed to do. Now, in that implementation, what ended up happening was a, a couple things. There were a couple issues. The first was that it was missing uh, the very earliest outputs. So let's say you were to receive Monero, and then you go to spend it 10 blocks later. The algorithm could, in some circumstances, miss and, and never select other decoys from that quickly. So if it never selects one from that decoy from that that quick of a block on chain, then you could then deduce that okay that output must have been spent. Mm -hmm. Now, different implementations did exist in the wild and ha have existed in the wild um, for how that algorithm does select. So does choose outputs. So the implementation that had the bug wasn't necessarily the only one out there meaning that you couldn't necessarily deduce with certainty um, which output was spent because of that issue. Um, now, the second issue, but it, it's still it's still a leak. It's still it's still something that needs to be patched. That was it's pretty it's still a pretty significant issue. Um, the second was there was just a spot in the code where some division was being done and that that division essentially was truncating an integer. Um, so like, let's say you had 10 divided by four, um, what that should be two and a half. In an integer truncation essentially rounds that down to two. So 10 divided by four ends up at two. Now, what would have happened if that got down to zero? Uh, that that number that is, is calculated every single time the algorithm runs, if that truncation had led to being falling down to zero, because of the truncation, then every single output would have been deducible. Um, but that didn't happen. It was caught before. So, uh, how did you discover this? It was just like you were reading the <laughs> reading, you know, the code. So really? I, I, was, I was I was looking at Ian Myers's charts, and mm -hmm. I was trying to, and it, it just it just looked weird. It looked look, what he was what he was seeing looked looked weird, and then what I then matched up with that also looked weird of how it was selecting what mm -hmm. it was choosing as the decoys, um, what the algorithm was running. So, what I did was I ended up digging into each line of the code and then trying to see, okay, could this line be causing this weirdness? What is what is this? Where is this the source of the weirdness? Oh wow! Um, and so that was essentially how I, I i basically went line by line by line to try and assess and then eventually ran into both of those both of those things awesome man and that's uh that's why monero wanted you to come to come work for it right <laughs> yeah at that point we're like get this guy on board that was a, yeah it was the first monero thing i did after uh after haven after haven um you mentioned you mentioned inflation bug before, and then I cut you off because I was it was a different thought. What what is your let me actually let me phrase it this way? What do you see as as like kind of the the weakest point with regards to Monero, or like what would what would keep you up at night with regards to Monero? Is it like the the ring signatures that you know that it's not perfect uh, privacy tech? Is it like the transactions are heavy? So, it, you know, Monero maybe can't scale the best. Is it inflation? Is it inflation, potential inflation bugs? Is it something else like, or you just don't look at it that way? I mean, what keeps me up at night? It, it's not, I mean, these are, these are facts of reality. Okay. So Monero is 
a form of money in, in its purest form. It's like it's 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 hard money that no one can print more of that when I spend it, it's the easiest thing to use in a private in a way that's not giving up so much information about myself to other people and to the world. Now, mm-hmm. that's like a core and inherent property to to money. And I, I think that that is like the ideal to like that that should be shot for now. Yes, like what you get still from this is um, the potential for you know something is as as uh, like an inflation bug. Um, that's that's it's just it's just kind of the it's it's kind of the reality of of the situation that they, that that potential is there. I'd say um, it's there in Bitcoin. It's I mean there were there were inflation bugs in Bitcoin. Now a hidden inflation bug in Monero. Uh, I think it's valid to claim that might be more difficult to detect i mean mm. could be it could be impossible to detect until it's the, the bug is discovered and someone could be printing so it's um it's it's one of those things that's just sure i mean it's an issue it's 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 an issue that 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 is just like be, people should be aware of the risks i'd say like uh, of of i mean they're does the Fed keep me up at night? Because the Fed is is you know manipulating interest rates in in a certain way, and like the, and because like we have this this the system where yeah. the wealthy are, are given money and printed. Does it keep me up? It's I mean, no. But I, it's an it's an issue with that system. Here's an here's an alternative that has its set of its its set of uh, pros and cons that I I find um, more attractive. No, like, so it's just like that's that's how. I, I often describe it as the, the the risk going down with time with regards to the inflation bug because you know more people like you are, are looking at the code. There's more chance that you know something would be discovered. You know, so uh, with with time, the the odds go down that one exists. Would you say that that's fair and accurate to say? Is, is or how would you? Well, probably. Um, I mean, looking at Bitcoin. Um, so I think the earliest inflation bug. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I think it was some overflow, an overflow issue that was like um, probably would have been caught with more eyes on the code and more more effort put towards more people reviewing and all that stuff. Um, now, the second inflation bug was something like I think wasn't discovered till I think 2017, 2018 by by and it was it happened because somebody introduced a bug um, from like trying to optimize a certain thing. Uh, and that's after Bitcoin had already gotten a bit bigger. So being truthful, I'd, I'd say the risk of more low hanging fruits goes down of some kind of bug like that. But I mean, the risk is 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 there and needs to be vigilantly watched for um, and cause for uh, at least some level of skepticism towards updates. And and like as long as like. There's a core uh, that is, I mean, money being put towards audits and like like mm-hmm. heavy, deep effort towards deep, deep review, uh, like is always critical and, and is always something that that should be strived for, I, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I would hope so. Um... As a convoluted way to say, I mean, it, it's it's a, sure it probably does go down to an extent, but yeah. the risk doesn't dissipate. It doesn't dissipate. Right, right. We, we shouldn't act like it's going. We should always be right. be vigilant. Always so, be vigilant. Is there is there a part of the code that you think maybe can use deeper audit? Is there anything that like sticks out there in your head as 
you know, for deeper you. audits. No, um, maybe P2P stuff, um, for DOS protection, things along those lines. Um, maybe that could use, you could use eyes with, with more networking, networking power and capacity, I'd say, um, that that's probably one there was, there was a, a particular contributor who came, came around and worked on some, some pretty interesting things and found some pretty interesting things that were nestled within there. Uh, and then kind of disappeared. Name was perfect. Damon, uh, anonymous contributor. Oh. Um, and so like having, having someone around who's digging into networking, uh, issues, which now VT nerd is also leaves also getting is also picking back up. And so, more eyes in that in that area would be nice. Um, I'd say I'd say for sure. Awesome. In that section. When did the perfect Damon thing ha uh, revelation happen? Um, that was about a year ago, I think. They sure. they submitted they submitted a PR that had a few that, that demonstrated a few issues in in the code there. Um, it took 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 some effort to get those fixed. More more eyes in that area would be nice. Do you love coffee and Monero as much as we do? Consider making gratuitous.org your daily cup. Pay with Monero for premium fresh beans, and if you like what you taste, send a digital cash tip directly to the Guatemalan farmers that made it possible. Proceeds help us grow this channel, gratuitous, and Monero. Often, like people, you note Monero as being one of the most, you know, worked on protocols, right? Kind of the, the largest amount of contributors. Uh, how is that looking these days? Is, I mean, is is it like is there a healthy development community right now? How would you? I'd say so. I'd say we, we there there are PRs that come in from different people. Um, actually, one of the first one of my first PRs I remember pretty vividly. There was this. There was a user. Um, I'm a myth was his, was his name on, on GitHub. And it was just like, they just said something really pointed and, and nicely accurate and gave, gave a very good review and, and noted that I should have done, I could have done this like this and it would have been a lot better. It, would, it was very interesting to see someone just randomly spring up like that. And people, and people like spring up like that recently, there was someone who, who just started, uh, who worked on the PD pool in, inside the GUI. That was just, someone that just came along and, and showed up and, and implemented that there. We have another, another, there's another contributor going through CCS who's creating a GUI for, for Peter pool and that. So I'd say, uh, I'd say, yeah, I'd say it's definitely, it's definitely pretty healthy. There's a lot of activity and yeah, answer would be yes. The, the, the power of open source. So cool, man. I like random people just show up, contribute, you know, throw, throw their time and energy in. Just out of, a, I guess, out of a passion, right? For for the tech. Yes, I'd say. I mean, it does. It does still happen though, where like pretty important PRs can end up sitting, because mm -hmm. that's because sometimes a lot of this a lot of this code takes a lot of effort and a lot of time to actually get into review and understand. It's not. It's it's actually a, a sound patch, and that that could, that just takes a lot. That takes man hours. So sometimes PRs like that uh, could 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 sit could end up sitting for a bit. Um, and I think it's kind of just, it's a product of a, of a mostly volunteer driven community as well, which, which is, uh, 
has its set of pros and cons at times, I'd say. So, but I, I would still say it's like relatively healthy. Things sit, but they eventually get like when when the need really arises and and there's enough of a, a push in that direction, stuff stuff moves. So, how about this concern that people talk about, like the the code itself, like where it's you know being housed, whatever on on GitHub, like the fact that you know we're relying on this, you know. Uh, this third party is there are there thoughts plans uh, being made there to i heard that they are well first of all there's well the way git works is everyone downloads the the software essentially so like i right. have the complete repository on my computer mm-hmm. ton tons and tons of other people have it as well and and i'm sure tons of people have backups in tons of different places um so the software is pretty solidly distributed mm-hmm. regardless of even github goes down now there's still a lot of there's interesting discussions on GitHub that take place on GitHub on PRs, uh, things like that. So I've heard, haven't verified this myself, but I've heard that there is a, a steady backup that um, is. I, I don't remember exactly where it's backed up to. I think I think it's to a GitLab instance. But all the comments, all the reviews, all the issues, everything is is also backed up uh, in there. So if something were to happen on GitHub's end, you could pick back up from right there. Okay. But I mean, I'm sure there would be a, it would throw a wrench into things for a little bit, but I mean, I think it's kind of a, Monero's pretty, pretty well decentralized at this point that I think, I mean, it would just, it would just take a coordinated ship to then move to towards, towards another spot that I think would, would, it would happen if, if it needed to happen. Who currently is the lead maintainer right now? Obviously, it's not Fluffy. Then you know, then it was uh, that guy Sniper, I think, right? Or and then so who currently is the the lead maintainer? Well, um, I don't. I don't even. I don't think anyone has that title. I don't think. I don't. I'm not sure if anyone has that title. I. But how like code gets merged and reviewed and and pushed out? Uh, usually, it works like. You'll, code will have multiple rounds of multiple reviews, multiple approvals from different different people, uh, and then once it reaches that bar of acceptance, then Celsta or Luigi will step. Will Luigi is the one who ultimately has the merge power. So mm-hmm. Luigi is the one that's. I, I guess he he could you could say he's or he or she or whoever is that would has taken that title. Maybe I don't know, um, but at the, they're the ones finally doing merges and. Celsta also is uh, kind of knows. Celsta has like the best view, I'd say, of all the different components and all the different changes that are being made, and and like has the best view on each on each PR and best view of how releases are flowing um, as well. So I'd say it's split between them two. That that kind of role, you could you could combine them them to into a, a co lead maintainers. I'd say. Celsta and uh, Luigi. And Luigi, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both are anonymous. Amazing. As as and then, uh, how, how's Monero move these days? Is, is, he, is he going strong? I think so. I think, uh, I mean, not as strong as as he's to for sure, uh, or she. Um, I'd say, kind of pared back a bit, a bit of the commitments. I think you probably see it in, in their in their commit history. Um, so it, it's not a not as I mean Miramu was an absolute beast. You like I, you could see in the commit history, it's like bam, bam, bam of like steady stream of just constant, constant like pushing out, and that has that has slowed down. But 
still involved and like still has been very helpful to me and and certain certain things where i i needed i wasn't sure if i should do x y or z or like touch this part this certain part or like what would be the best route of this and gives gives really good advice and and towards and towards a better direction of how to implement something is and is is always there to answer questions and so involved in that way very still very active in the dev channels and things like that awesome Who, whoever that person is thank you thank you monero mu <laughs> right this this one always annoys i feel like co when i bring the 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 20 the 20 minute lock time is there is there any uh you know potential solutions being talked about there or what's how's that currently being viewed i'd say the most promising uh of any that seemed like that's that probably seemed the, the without giving having any impact on privacy. Okay, so I'll get into we'll get into why it exists, what what it's protecting, um, so and what it is. So basically, when someone sends Monero, that Monero can't be spent until it's confirmed ten blocks, ten blocks deep, and that's because uh, if someone were to reference it as a decoy in their other transaction. Um, and you have you build up this chain of references then or sorry 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 if your transaction references another transaction pulls in a decoy from another transaction that is then reorged out of the chain um and i mean getting into the concept of a reorg might get might get a bit deep here but if essentially that transaction is erased then it messes up your transaction and you had no control over that so the the, the idea is to protect against this this reorg um and it's diff it's not necessary in something like Bitcoin because you don't have decoy outputs, so you're not referencing other people's transactions in the chain, which could be reorged out. So Monero implements this feature to provide protection, uh, reorg protection there. Um, so basically, I don't see a way to fully get around. I I haven't seen a really good proposal. There are some things that have been thrown out and some some ideas that would have an impact on privacy and fungibility and or fungibility in Monero. So those concepts I think are, have been, uh, haven't seen much, much support at all. Um, mm -hmm. the one, the one idea that seems kind of prom pretty promising and people are, are starting to use as well is every time I send, if I send some Monero, uh, you can send yourself, you can split up the outputs in the transaction. So like, let's say someone sends you some Monero, in the future, you want to be able to quickly spend that Monero, even even like in pieces. So like someone sends you one Monero, you can split that up into smaller bills, basically. Um, and so you'll have multiple bills that you can spend from in the future. Uh, that that idea is being used more. So like, so basically, if you receive some in the future, you, I mean, it doesn't get rid of the 10 block lock, there's still I still don't see a, something that gets rid of that completely but it could reduce the the ux pain so that you don't have to spend that whole monero the next time if you had if you if you're spending a, a smaller amount you could spend some of them and then still have the rest of them all left over sitting there ready to spend now there are still some privacy issues and concerns with it to, if it were just implemented today exactly as is um so but this this general direction, this general idea of multiple outputs in a transaction, that seems to be one. I think it seems to be the most promising um, 
potential solution for it at this point. Mm. Or maybe a layer two type solution. Um, maybe. I've but, been... uh, that's that's probably that. I That's a whole other... Oh, yeah, a whole nother. We we could get to that maybe maybe in the in the comments after on uh, the okay. Um, I've noticed though, like for me personally, I mean, this is anecdotal that Monero has becomes more usable the more I use it. So like, I never run into that problem because I have a bunch of you know transactions, right? I'm always like receiving Monero, sending Monero. So and exactly. and there's many instances where I'm like, I'll send Monero and then send it again very quickly thereafter to something, you know, if I'm at a conference trying to onboard people to Monero and I'm giving it away. So uh, I find that I don't really run into that that problem. So it's it almost kind of goes away the more you use it. Yep, definitely. It's more of something that'd be a pain on New Year's new users. Like, right. Yeah. So. So maybe maybe is that a potential solution? Like when you're sending somebody Monero for the first time, and like you know, in most instances you're gonna know, right? Like, is there a way when you send it to them, um, it could be sent, you know, in a way when they receive it, they could, you know, what I'm saying is you know, like so well, realizing that now you're you're gonna you're gonna be sending to a noob who's never you know they're just using a wallet for the first time. Is there something that can be done in that instance? Is it? Well, okay, and you want to actually definitely send the Monero like through a transaction. Um, I mean, what you could do is you could split up the outputs. Now, like in so doing, they still wouldn't be able to spend immediately once for one. It, there's still there's still nothing they could do there. Right, um, you're not going to avoid that initial wait. Yeah, right. Right. And two, the second thing is. I personally wouldn't even recommend it. I wouldn't recommend doing this this splitting output technique um, because it could hurt your privacy if you're not careful, um, which is and it's not really possible to be careful for especially for a new user um, in certain circumstances. So in that particular circumstance, you'd be kind of you could be hurting their privacy a bit if you split up the output so that they don't get stuck having to wait for all of their all of their money to then spend quickly. So, I'd say, uh, you know, I'd say probably the best thing you could do is I've I've seen this idea of a of a gift card, um, where you give somebody a gift card as their introduction to Monero, and that and it shows them what to do to get a wallet, and then they could like, it was uh, Crypto Grampy who came up with this, but I, I I remember he had this this idea, so you could like scan it from within the wallet, yes. and it instantly just loads right there now. Of this has the issue of, I mean, one, you wanted to make a transaction. That's There's no transaction involved in that in that step. So they're not like perfectly using Monero. Second issue is that you have the seed. You, you need the yeah, seed. Yeah, I've so, tried, tried figuring, doing that on my own. Yeah, it's just, there's the, right? There's no way, because you're, now you're trusting that. Yeah, there's still trust involved. In card that, that, you know, you didn't personally, or somebody else didn't somehow grab it beforehand, right? Right. Yeah, so like there's, I mean, there's, there's, these these kind of prickly prickly issues and and it's just I think it just kind of is what it I mean it's a new user it's a it's a brand new user so they don't have to spend immediately right then right um, I mean yeah it's it's tough it's tough maybe in the future when that idea is further progressed and pushed along of the splitting the output feature to be done in a safer way which Tevador also came up with a, a potential idea to make that safer um, maybe if that progresses further it can be it could be improved upon. I think I think there there's there's a potential route there but for now I don't I don't see anything that's 
that's a perfect solution to that. Right, so, right. And and there's no real in Seraphis, there's no like hope that that's going to help bring about the solution either, right? No. Right. No. Damn it. Unfortunate. <laughs> Unfortunate. You're gonna figure it out. You're going to figure it out. One day it's just going to hit you. You're like, oh, <laughs> shit. Why do <did> we? <laughs> we'll see. Uh, bad. Um, you should write a book, man. I mean, obviously you got a lot, you got a lot on your plate, but would like, we, would you ever consider doing, or is anybody like doing that? I know there was the zero to Monero that co, and I don't know if there was other, I, I think maybe there are other authors, but like, you know, something that somebody who's getting in that wants to start coding, contributing, working with Monero, like what, what is like the go-to reference right now? Like what are, like you figured it all out on your own. But like, I'd say like the the best like the way to get into it. Okay, contribute contributor guidelines, things like that. I, even still, it would be I think it would still be difficult. Like, so my my advice when people ask is, and what I did is like you sit you sit in the chat channels, you sit in Monero Dev, Monero Research Lab, uh, or Monero Community, any any of any of the ones that that seem closest aligned. Like you you sit in there, you lurk in there, and you listen, and you see what pain points people are expressing, what issues might are, are showing up, what research problems there are. And from there, you, you kind of, you, you, pick, you pick topics that, that pique your fancy there. And then from there, you, something that interests you will pick up and then you go look in the code and see, and see how, how to fit that to fix some solution, fix some small problem that, that gets at that, that gets at the thing that, that interested you. Um, I think that's, that's the best advice I, I, that I that I could give. Like, that's you have to expose yourself to the the wide facets of Monero, like and where development is, um, and from there get like, you'll be pulled into uh, the things that interest you. And I think I think that's the that's that's probably the best the best. I think I mean it's the way I I got into it. It was uh, listening in on on the chat channels. Like, cause there, there are a lot of GitHub issues and things like that, but it can, it can still be hard to navigate those issues at times. Um, so sitting in the chat channels and then seeing particular things that, that caught my eye and caught my attention towards things I'd want to work on. That was, that's basically how, how it worked for me. And I would, I would say that's, it's good advice that that could hold. Awesome. Just generally using Monero too. I mean, using, using Monero, like feeling the feeling that, identifying potential pain points and seeing seeing what how th certain things can be better um like i got really into working on the light wallet stuff too not only because i was i that was what i actually started with in the haven side but like the the issue of having to sit and wait for your phone to scan um and and syncing so like if you haven't used your wallet in, a, in some in some over some period of time you could end up sitting there uh for a bit while it syncs mm -hmm. um that issue uh can be can be pretty painful, I think. So, I mean, not for someone who's using it all, using Monero all the time. That's one. That's one similar to the to the ten block lock thing. But it's something that I think can be a, a bit of a turnoff, um, and just it, it could be it could be annoying. It's just annoying. So then I got really into light wallets and the, and the light wallet ecosystem because that's a solution to that. That where you could have a a light wallet server that is sitting, always scanning the chain for your transactions. Um, and and so that once you load your wallet, you pick it up, it just points to your own server, and then you can it's just instant loading right like and that's how the light wallet is set up. And then I got I've been I was interested in speeding that up and working on view tags and things like things like uh, different background sync features because that's that's a, a UX pain with Monero that that 
I feel and identify with and want to make better. Um, so that's, that's just been my development flow. And that's how I would advise most people to, uh, to how they, how they should think about it. How, right. One way to think about it. Just start, start tinkering it. Look at, look at, yeah, whatever, whatever you, if you want to, if there's something about Monero you want to fix, start looking under the hood. Yep. Um, shit, man, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know how many people like you exist that are, that are capable of doing that though. Uh, but they're out there. I mean, they're, they're probably they're probably gonna come across this across this interview. Fingers there's crossed. a ton of different languages too. There are a lot of different language components in in Monero that you yeah. you don't even need to necessarily know C plus plus to to get started. Like there's people who know different languages can jump in and contribute in different areas. Like mm -hmm. so, it's there's different there's different levels to that, what your what your contribution could be for sure. And the the wallet sync thing that you're talking about, uh, obviously you just you know with the the view tags, um, but now you're working on the the background wallet sync, right? Implementing something that uh, HYC came up with, right? Isn't did yes, we, so did we cover? I don't think we covered that. No, we didn't. Yeah. So that is basically um, the idea is you could leave your wallet open and running, so like on your computer or on your phone and it can run in the background and be perpetually scanning, scanning for your transactions, uh, without the spend key loaded in memory. So right now, for example, Monero, they do implement a, a way to, uh, background scan for your transactions, as long as you don't close the wallet and you, you make sure that that gets kept, kept open, which some phones aren't very friendly about, but, it basically already implements it, but it has this issue where the spend key is loaded in memory. So if it, which is a bit of a security concern, if, if something were to get access to the spend key, because it's sitting there in memory, then that's, that's just, you, you ideally don't want your spend key out and hot for long periods of time. So this idea with the background sync is an explicit way to trigger this background process where the spend key is wiped from memory. And so all that's left in memory is your view key um which can only see incoming transactions um and can't actually be used to spend your, your monero so just that is out of memory and is running scanning for your transactions uh and so once you come back to the wallet it's instantaneous so i have the, the pr is submitted with the feature um it's implemented in the gui wallet as well where you could just like lock the wallet you press lock or have the inactivity lock trigger. So if you're just not using it for a bit and you just walk away from your computer, what if you trigger, if you turn the feature on, what'll happen when you walk away is that you'll need the password to get access to get the spend key back. So it's just a, it's a bit of a security improvement to, to, to potentially make it easier for this background scanning to run. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. So that's the, uh, that's the idea. So you're, you're not worried about your, your key somehow being, stolen during during that period of time is that is that right basically like a, it's a, a security enhancement essentially. now so so do we ever get to the point where like a Minerujo or a cake wallet you know we open it up and it's synced so it's it's not a light wallet it's not connecting to a server it's just you know syncing the old-fashioned way but uh is there are there things do we get there eventually or that's just something that we won't be able to fully overcome I don't or think truly you can like sync in the background or that that's more of an issue with, I know with like, I like iPhones are probably more right, iPhones didn't even implement it. 
But yeah, just um, curious what your take is on that. So, okay, so I don't think, as far as I can as I can see in the research I've seen, I don't think there is a, a perfect way to maintain like the ideal level of privacy, um, mm-hmm. the actual the, the perfect level of privacy, and that and still allow an instancing. Um, I haven't seen anything that that would allow for that. Now there is this idea in that's coming that's part of Seraphis and Jamtis, this mm-hmm. this new tier where it's a light wallet tier that has better privacy properties than current light wallets do. But you're you're pointing to a, a server that can still tell some information, and that information could potentially be used to still link transactions, but it's much better than how it is today. Now, like especially because the server can't see amounts. Um, and I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. And then it still is not able to definitively identify which outputs you've received and spent. Uh, it's, it's that view tag. Remember that view tag idea that, that so the idea, um, is that the server can only see the E notes is what they're called in Seraphis or basically the only, only see potential transactions that are yours. So, it doesn't know for sure which ones are yours. It can scan and pick up the potential ones. So mm-hmm. that that's a, an idea where that's that's it's a it's a move in that direction. I think it's I think it's from what I've seen. I think it's the best move, the potential best move towards in that direction, where you could have the the quickest scanning, but it's still not it's not it's not perfect privacy, but it's it's improved. And I would still encourage everyone to be running their own node and and running their own server alongside it. Um, so that, I mean, that's still the default is still like, I would, I would say is the best thing to do. Um, but as far as like the normal flow of what you expect today, um, of like an instantaneous wallet load, just pointing to some, some node somewhere, um, a remote node, which even still is today, not, not the ideal, a, a great privacy thing to be doing. Um, there's just, you should be running your own. Everyone should be running their own node. Uh, like that's the, that's the ideal in the future, um, I'd say, in the ideal to continue to strive for, to continue to make easier for normal normal people to, to be running their own. Um, so, basically, to answer your question, yes, with with some caveats. <laughs> with <those> caveats. <laughs> these 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 devs, they always have caveats. They always have caveats. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's exciting. So you're basically saying with Seraphis, we'll have better light wallets. So they'll, we won't be using the traditional view key that gives, that shows all your transactions to the server. It will be this, this new, uh, view key, the Seraphis view key. Right. Yes. Find, I think the, the latest name for it is a find received key. Um, okay. but, but yeah, the general idea is that, yeah, it can only tell potential transactions that belong to you. And then your yeah. wallet loads them and it's just, it's an instant loading process of, of your wallet's ready to go. Now, I, I especially like it because I also would want to run it for, I mean, we're, I, I'm sure I'm a, a bit more technically inclined, but like running a node is something that like people who are interested in Monero, like can figure out, can you figure out how to do, it's like, it, it's not a, it's not an impossible task. Like the, like the evangelists, I'd say, of like the people who are like going and, and, telling people who are super interested in Monero, like obviously in my family, I'm the, I'm the one and, and my, among my friends and family, like it's, I'm the one who cares about it the most. Like, so it's like, and, and like, so I could be running this server and this node for the people cl- around me in my, in my, in my circle. It's like, you could, 
you could, I think that model is a bit more scalable to like getting mm -hmm. people running their own infrastructure where you have, um, and I heard, I talk about this a bit at MoneroCon. I, I heard someone reference it at Monero area uh, in Guns and Bitcoin, Diverter, no KYC, this Uncle Jim, the Uncle Jim model where you have uh, uh, yeah, Uncle yeah. Jim within, in the, yeah. in the family or in the community that is uh, running the infrastructure that has not as, doesn't have like the access where your centralized choke points have. Um, mm -hmm. So like that, that I think is really attractive, especially with this light wallet, this light wallet server compared with the nodes. Like you have your uncle Jim running this for your family and friends. And so their experience is, is optimal through, through the uncle Jim. Like as, long, as long as you don't, don't use your uncle Sam though. You don't want to be using your uncle Sam, maybe yeah. uncle Jim, but not. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> Just event. This is awesome. Like I, I wish you, you could create the time to write a book, honestly. Like, uh, I think, I think it'd be amazing. Cause I think you've, you've obviously don't under only understand this very well, but you're, you're, you explain it very well to, to Thank people you. like us that aren't as technically savvy. So, well, I'm, um, very, I'm very grateful for the existing zero to Monero and, and mastering Monero. Both of, both of those were helpful at, at, at my, uh, different stages of getting up to speed in, in Monero for sure. And I, I know I I've heard, I've heard of a, a second one could be coming out too, of another mastering Monero. So, um, Sir Hack has, has mentioned that in the past. Yes. So. Yes. I heard that. I have to, It'd be awesome to get him at uh, Monerotopia. I don't know if does he is he public. He never wanted to come on the show because he says he was kind of a he, you know his English isn't his first language. I don't think it was so much uh, wanting to hide his identity. But I don't know. I don't know. Not sure. Definitely don't want to blow up his spot. But uh, yeah, mastering Monero though that that gets pretty. It's definitely zero to Monero. It's go, it, it amps up pretty quick. Like I I tried. I mean I read it you know but I quickly stopped understanding it once it got all extremely mathematical like it gets, it gets pretty heavy pretty fast i hear you um last quick, haven so you used to work for any what, what's your current take on the haven project i gotta ask because i mean obviously you're, you're quite familiar with that um i'm just curious you know with like the luna disaster algorithmic stable coins i always thought it was it was a great idea in theory right we could have you know uh, a private stable coin a monero a fork of a narrow that acts as a you know a stable coin sounds great in theory. Just curious, what's what's your current take on the concept and uh, Haven project itself? Good question. So um, yeah, I'd say the Luna experience definitely um, changed, put put a bit big, bigger dent in the, the the general concept. I'd say and what what happened there. I mean. I, I, it's, it's, I, the risk was always there of a blow up like that. Like, of course, like, it's like, uh, I, I thought like the, the, the death spiral situation was a possibility. And now like observing how harmful that was for people and how, how, um, what, what ended up happening to so many people was, uh, was not, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like playing with fire. It's is is, is the concept. I, I think it's I think it's like playing with fire. And it's uh, it's is it something we that okay? I agree. Like the, the concept of a stable coin um, has been. I mean, tether has been very helpful for people, and and it seems to have been pretty seems to be pretty helpful for people who need access to dollars in in different countries that uh, don't have access to any traditional banking. Um, so like these stable coins have been helpful in that capacity. Now, I mean, ultimately we'd want to be striving for a world where like you have 
strong foundations, uh, I'd say. So like, do I, do I think that, um, dollars should be the foundation of like which which they currently serve as is the reserve currency of the world um it's not not something that i'm i'm super i was never really in love with that side of it mm-hmm. either anyway but uh I, I don't know i i'm i'm a bit more i there i i know they're working on something that that also improves upon the the they're trying to have a separate game theory mechanic where you have like extra post extra collateral um but at the end of the day but it's it's still intrinsic collateral like it's within the system you still would be mm-hmm. haven at the end of the day that, that death spiral mechanic i think is is just it's playing with fire and mm-hmm. playing with fire to create the system that is tr- trying to like piggyback off of already a system that i think is not not a the, the, the ideal foundation that to, to strive for um right so, yeah so basically, those 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 are those are kind of kind of my views on it. Um, but, Damn, you're you're more of a Monero well, purist than I am. No. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, you just uh, the, what's cool about you know it could act, act as a quote unquote haven, right? But the but the whole goal if the, if this stuff works as intended and really pans out, right? Where you, we we you won't be seeking a haven. You'll be you know valuing your wealth in Monero and using Monero. Do you think we ever get to the point where we use Monero as a, a unit of account? Because, I mean, that's basically what we're saying here, right? So, if it, if... I mean, I think I think it's it's definitely possible that it's used much more widely than it is today. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a possibility that that, that eventually happens. Um, but, like, where you see the world, like, oh, oh that's 0.1 Monero, you know, that's 0.01 Monero, you know, I get paid, you know, one Monero a week. Like, do, do, do... Picos. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did you start to stand the the Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you I think? See, I, I see. I see. It's. I see. It's. It's a possibility. I mean, like, do I think that the entire world will come around to the idea that privacy, fungibility, um, and currency that functions without giving up so much information about yourself? Do I think the entire world will eventually come around to this concept? I don't know. I really don't know. I think that. I think it could take take a long time. To eventually get there, I think. I think ultimately, what would eventually have to happen for that to, to get there would be for the current reserve, like for the dollars, to, to find much less use in the world for people to, to not see for for things to happen where the dollar loses its status external externally through different macroeconomic factors. Like, I think I think it's a difficult path to eventually get there, and I don't know. I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if I if I eventually see that happening. Um, I, I think it's a. I see it as a possibility. I see it as a, as a as a possible route. Now, Monero still functions today. Like it still works. It still works as is for people who need it and people who are in circumstances where it's where it's uh, it's critical to have these properties. So you need censorship resistant money. It it functions. It functions for that for the, its purpose today. If do I think the world is going to move further in the, in the direction where censorship resistant money is, is a critical, critical thing? Um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's, I think, I think it's a possible likely outcome to occur. Do I think it's, well, po- it's a possible outcome, basically long winded answer. Possibly Monero functions as is today already for the people who need it and will continue to function. I think for a larger percentage of people going forward, uh, as well. Yay so, and, and Elon are going to be uh, sending Monero to each other. 
before you know it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Justin, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, I think we'll, we'll conclude this part of, of the show. Yeah, we'll, we'll end it there. And then if, if you, do you have a minute to jump into spaces to do some Q&A? Yeah, let's do it. Awesome, man. And I guess before we go, just so if, if you officially want to, any links you want to throw out there, places where people can follow you, learn more about what you're working on, anything you got to... Uh, I'd say my CCS proposal would be the best place to, to follow what I'm working on um, and my GitHub, both, both my and maybe see what the, the PRs I'm putting through. And then I, I include updates in my CCS proposals, um, what showing what I've done and what I've been working on there. So those are I try to be pretty comprehensive when I give those updates. So awesome. those, I think that both of those would be good spots. Um, All right. We'll throw that in the in the show notes, and I think you, you are obviously you're on Twitter. It's what is it at? It's at Jay uh, Berman, right? So obviously you guys will see him there. You can follow him there. Um, all right, so let's let's uh, let's do the move over. You, you ready to go? Ready to go. Uh, so go ahead, uh, chill. What's going on? You, you got a question for Justin? I I do. I actually have three questions. Hey, Justin. Hey, hey. Okay. So the first question, um, in, uh, in your personal diary, if you could think of any research that Monero could use that perhaps could be funded by um, Magic Monero grants, um, if, you know, any, any, anything related to what you guys are currently working on, that would be question number one. Um, I'm really, really obsessed with that documentation for the devs. I think it currently sucks and the way, you know, you have to get into the development is, yeah, I would like a process that's more like Tari University, if you've seen it. So I was wondering if that would be something useful if someone kind of sorted that out. And the third question, who is in charge of the Monero GUI on desktop? Sure, okay. So first question was, a grant from Monero, and is so. Was the first question isolated to just Monero grants, or just like general what I would like to see funded? And if I had to pick one thing to see funded, uh, is, no, is actually, it... yeah, everything you would like to see funded because um, you know it's hard for me to figure that out. You guys are working on it, so uh, it's just so we can create uh, grants, and then you know people, students, and researchers can apply for it. So if anything on your on your wish list, then yeah, sure. That. Sure. Actually, I had a few things um, that I mentioned on one comment in Plowsoft CCS. Let me go pull it up. Um, first, the first was uh, an audit of or a, a general technical review of Bulletproof Plus um, Plus, which is another optimization on top of Bulletproof Plus. That uh, one. A particular person released a general a, a paper describing the implementation, um, and I believe um, there is a. I mean, there's a CCS currently in draft and still uh, soon to be merged. I would think um, to fund CypherStack to review that to review Bulletproof Plus Plus. So that's one of the things that I, I am looking forward to seeing further along for sure. There's also um, I'd like to see more effort into and resources put into ZK Snarks uh, tr and trustless ZK Snarks and seeing and 
validating, verifying, and seeing actual and an implemented, an implemented proof of concept that we could fit in, we could potentially fit in trustless ZK Snarks within the membership proof component of uh, Seraphis. Um, that's another one of the things I'm, I'm super, probably I'd say those two things are like probably the biggest I'd say right now. Um, things I'm most, I'd be most interested in seeing resources put towards. Um, and then the, is my, is my, my mic is good still, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're good. Sweet. Okay. Then the second, second question, was that good? Was that a good answer? Is any, yeah. Yeah. Questions? No, I took, I took notes for that. Yeah. The second question would be the documentation. So I know there's all kinds of documents left and right. And, um, I would like to have something that's like structured. So if like a new developer wants to contribute, then there's like a step-by-step -step document that <laughs> instead would be of just like hang on that would be i think that i think it would be interesting yeah i mean you kind of you kind of approach different developers and they'll they'll say different things within the monero groups and things like that it would it would be nice to have like a nice consolidated thing to point to and say here's here's what you could do um and then potential steps and things that like helpful resources that for example like one of the things that was really helpful to me when I started developing was how to set up a Monero testnet uh, on my machine, on my local machine, and point nodes at each other and and play with Monero like that. There's just a really helpful guide out there. It'd be nice to have a consolidated source that just explains these. I, I agree. I agree that it would be nice to, to point to these helpful resources and links. Um, maybe I will I will think on it and we'll try. We'll throw something together. We'll see. Because um, definitely, it's a question that comes up pretty often. So it would be nice to, to just point to something. Uh, yeah, it's, especially students, like they are interested. Like I, I always, I always get asked, like, how can we contribute? And it's all over the place. <laughs> like we're like, well, basically, you can just do whatever, and you can go to all these different chat rooms. <laughs> and yeah. I want something that's more like, okay, here's the, here's how. And then they can just follow the documentation. So, and and the last, the, the Monero GUI. So I I don't know if that's under your you guys's jurisdiction, but I find that to be like probably the worst user experience out of everything Monero has. Um, and I don't know if that falls under or is there like how could we improve that? Um, that's a good question, uh, especially because I am actually kind I. I'm at fault a bit for some recent issues in the GUI. Um, so, and I'd say that was a product of my not focusing as much effort on the GUI for, and I was focused more on, on all, and all the different features that the GUI supports. And I was focused more on the CLI and the RPC wallets, which then bubbled up into, the, into causing a pretty bad issue for GUI users because I just didn't, I didn't realize that that needed to be checked as well in the GUI, which was using that that logic that I changed internally in, on, on the other side of the code. Um, how, how to fully improve, okay, you, you, ask, you ask who's like managing it. It's, it's also the same, I think Celsa and Luigi are also, are both like pretty involved on the GUI side and are also consistently, Celsa is very helpful in consistently testing features as, as they come out. Um, Klausoff is a new 
is a new CCS, uh, recently funded in the CCS, and one of his specific tasks that I actually requested that he take on um, was testing features in the GUI wallet as well. And he's actually he's picked up other issues and, and recent things I've done uh, that cause issues in the GUI. That's been helpful. So actually putting resources towards um, people dedicated focus in the GUI is, is nice, um, especially for quality assurance, testing, things of that nature that, that affect uh, the user experience. As far as getting it to an optimal UX, I don't, I don't know. I don't. You have to list out all these issues. You have to list out all the issues that that are in there, and then you you need developers who then are particularly interested in making them better in in the GUI. How how do we how do we get that interest of more people focused on on the GUI? Um, that's. Uh, I don't know how do, how do we get more people interested in Monero? That's that's a kind of a similar question. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answer to that one. Um, sorry, I wish I did. <laughs> Those are some tough questions. Great questions, Shell. Anything else, or uh, what do you get? No, no, that's it. That's it. I just I'm glad I I had the chance to pick your brain because these things I just can't find out otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, I'm loving these uh, Q and A's. This is good. This is good. Everybody uh, gets to participate in the Monero talks. In case I, in case I missed any questions, which I always do. Uh, D Martian, man, what do you got? Hey, uh, it's it's been a while since I saw you in, in Miami, Justin. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about what keeps me up at night and see if if you had um, uh, maybe something that might make me sleep easier or something to clarify. Um, sure. there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot of si silence. Um, when it comes to seeing, nobody's really had any big incidents of uh, catching someone with Monero by by a weakness through it, either in present or in retrospect. So you found weaknesses on your own, and we're now living in a in a world where we see that there's national attention. There, there's government documents talking about Monero specifically. There's funding being given to developers who are are they're given funding basically teams to be able to. Uh, research and try to find holes that that maybe you, that that might be hard to, to spot without a lot of, of resources. Uh, so we're in an asymmetrical kind of situation um, where maybe you can't spot everything just by having to come across something or seeing something looks funny, um, unless there's certain tools maybe in place or testing methods. Are there any testing methods or tools that you have to see maybe with decoy algorithm selection um, that the, that what we have currently or running on the test net that what's what's running is um, not able to to come up with any kind of discernible patterns or the algorithms that are in place aren't able to be canceled out as noise or uh, the, the some of the situations that, that you found out yourself um, well first of all there are, there are tests I mean there are unit tests that specifically focus on the decoy selection algorithm um, in the code that unfortunately weren't able to catch um, what occurred before. Um, now, I mean, those, those are designed to to test that it's functioning as expected. Now, like you, it's it's very it's pretty difficult to get that down perfectly because like these were different components and edges that that would throw be thrown into the mix under particular circumstances. That then cause issues with the algorithm, and like, it's kind of like a cat and mouse game of like, 
if you know to test this, you'd be able to, like, you'd have to know the issue first before being able to, like, a test would, would give you what you need to know. Um, okay. You could, you could be consistently observing and, and running and analyzing the chain to see if there are issues, which is the, is the work that Rucknium has been doing um, with Ospiad. So that's, that's one route that, that Rucknium has, has been exploring and pushing forward. Um, so, and, and trying to essentially use what has been observed in the past to make something to improve the algorithm going forward. So that's, I mean, there's, there's some effort in that direction as well. Um, does that answer? Does that answer your question? It, it does. I mean, yeah. No. I, I know. I know. I know. It's very complicated, and I know it's never a hundred percent. So, yeah. I just was kind of, but I hadn't heard anyone describe kind of what what goes into it currently. And I know. I know a lot's been going on with with a lot of people. So, uh, thank you for that. My only other question was: is uh, just because I saw it on the agenda meeting with Fluff, Fluffy Pony today, there was talk of a layer two on on their Monero talk or their Monero monthly conference. Um, but it was an in-person meeting only. Has anybody been hearing anything about a layer two for Monero? So there are a few uh, few papers I've seen, like the, and the general concept of um, I think Paymo is like one of the biggest the the, the name that uh, that you could you could implement something today where um, it, it uses like a ha a, a time lock, um, a hash based time lock or a puzzle uh, where essentially you have this mini slice of proof of work that someone has to do before Monero can be unlocked um, where they need to expend computational resources. And that's kind of the, the security of those layer two concepts hinge on that concept. But um, that in my view is not super robust um, because then you have people who are better resourced, uh, who have better access to better computational resources who can then, you know, trivially kind of break the the security property of the system. Now, that's as I understand th those those directions of, of layer two and Monero. There was in the past, uh, Serang and a few other researchers put out this concept of DL SAG, um, dual. I think the thing is, is dual link signature aggregation, uh, and that had a had some privacy edges. It had a particular privacy edge where. Um, if you received a DL SAG output uh, of Monero, um, or if you send it to somebody else, the, the sender could tell when the receiver then spends that output. And it, I don't think they weren't able to find some way around that issue, which could then affect Monero's fungibility and privacy on users who, didn't, who don't realize that's what's happening. Um, so that kind of, that, that stopped in the water there. So I'd say, there just and there just kind of isn't like today at this point in time there isn't a lot of there isn't I, I don't know of focused layer two attention today um, I I don't I'm not sure of it maybe like researchers kind of throw papers out um, explaining different ways to implement layer two stuff and don't really communicate with anyone from within the Monero community it kind of just happens often um, but I, I'm I'm not aware of anything aside from those are kind of the main two pillars of uh, layer two stuff that, that I'm familiar with. So. That'd be great, thank you. Good yeah. questions, man. <clears throat> um, any, anybody else, anybody else wanna jump up? 
Anybody raise your hand if you want to come up and ask a question. Uh, I saw what, yeah, one of the comments was asking about what is it? Was it called Opsed? How do you, how, how are people pronouncing this? Opsed? Yes. Justin? Yeah. So is, is there anything Ospiad, else? Right. Ospiad, Ospiad. Is there anything else you could, you could tell us about that? So Requiem has submitted their report, as far as I know, and it's being reviewed at the moment by um, Ichmus, uh and I don't know exactly how to pronounce that, and I think Arctic Mine. I'm pretty sure. Are the, are the two still, uh, that report is still being reviewed, and so that's that's under under review, as, as far as I know. Waiting on waiting on the waiting on that. Any any updates? Do you know if uh, anyone's still working on Tari? Because that's a Monero sidechain project. I just I looked at their Twitter and I I didn't see any activity, and I'm like, well, maybe. Fluffy Pony stuff working on it. I'm, I'm not having Atari updates. Somebody get Fluffy in here. Uh, Robbie, <laughs> what's what's going on, man? Yeah, I've um, I've just caught the last of this. Um, I was actually about to go to bed, and I realized you guys were live. Uh, I've got a quick question um, for yourself, Justin. Uh, again, if you've already covered this, I really do apologize. I'm just catching the last of it. Um, how did you get into development yourself? Like, how did you, obviously there, there's, there's a lot to learn when you get into cryptography, especially when you get into privacy coins like Monero. How did you, um, what was your introduction to the space and how did you get so knowledgeable and so skilled? Into into like how did I become a software developer that I could also work on something in Monero or, or like how did I what was my introduction to software in general or like uh, uh, probably a bit of both like, but more so think of where the should start there yeah how did you transition sure. okay. from software to Monero more so okay sure so well first I learned computer science in school um, that was kind of uh, that was helpful I'd say it was a, a, things I learned in computer science in some of my classes come up um, and are helpful in, in my just general thinking about software and designing software. Um, now, crypt, there, I didn't do anything cryptography related in school. That was all, any, anything I learned cryptography related was outside uh, through my own research. So actually, when I first started to become more comfortable with working with anything cryptography related, I worked on a system um, with another person who had just left AWS. And that, that system uh, is essentially a tool where you can, it's, it's a tool for developers um, where they can use the tool to create applications that are end-to-end -end encrypted. So all user data that's stored in the app is end-to-end -end encrypted stored on a server. Um, and so I, I used, I, I learned my way around using different cryptographic primitives, what's necessary for what, like how, what should be thought about when, when making a system secure. And, and then went through an audit where I worked directly with, like worked collaborated with the auditors um, towards improving the system where, where potential pain issues were that could arise, learned, understood, and 
like that was that was probably my best, my most formative experience getting some getting some comfort with cryptographic software where I'm actually implementing stuff. Um, and then the Monero side um, is just deeply reading and sitting with concepts for a long time, like and, and having to bang my head against the wall to fully understand different concepts. And and when I don't understand something, I'll go to like a Python script or something, and I'll try and lay it out as simply as I can to understand uh, each of the different components and then build up my knowledge from there. Um, so I, I, I don't know, does, it, does, that, does that help answer your question? And I mean, yeah. In, yeah, you went above and beyond on that one. You you answered it, and then you answered the follow-up question before I got a chance to answer it. Um, that was fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to answer that question so in-depth. You got it. Good question, man. Good question. Anybody... It, just, it, just takes, it just takes work. It just takes work and effort. If you're super, if you're super, if you're super interested in it, you like you you find a concept that that like gets you thinking that and, and like a problem that you want to understand and solve better, and then you just kind of really have to bang your head against the wall until like you figure out what's in what are the pieces are involved towards solving the problem. It's kind of just it's just like cause throughout my career, and as a software developer, that's just that's that's. That's how any problem and any like difficult problem in front of me, it's it's really the only way to, to solve them for me. And then through that, the knowledge comes through having to figure out answers to, to questions, sitting with them for a long time. Yeah, man, that that's awesome. I've just um I've just finished like a short course um that's uh, like in the first thing we did was cryptography in the course, which I didn't expect because it was um. It was network security, um, and it kind of captured my um, imagination because obviously I'm crazy about Monero, and I didn't expect cryptography to come up like at all in the course. Um, and I, that that that's the reason I asked. I just think it's um, it's really really cool. Thank you again. I also don't want to blow up my like I, I don't want to overpromise and oversell where my knowledge in cryptography even is. Like like. You have your cryptographers like Co and Tevedor, who are who, like they've built up this mathematical knowledge, um, that I, I don't I don't I still don't and like not at that point at all. But I'm more comfortable working with the code and and understanding the various how the pieces interact with each other. So and it's just it's just from continued effort and learning and being knowing what I don't know and then like filling in the answers through just being my head against the wall. That was it. That's pretty much it. All right. Good stuff. Anybody else want to jump up? Well, we got Justin here. Anybody, anybody. Raise your hand. Request to speak. All right, man. I, I think we'll leave it at that. Let you get back to uh, doing God's work. <laughs> I feel like I feel like everybody's just trying to figure out, but but how? How do you do it? How do you do it? Uh, I don't know. You just got you got to be uh, super smart, like Justin, and just obsess over this stuff. Uh, and you know, pr proof of work. Proof of work. Which greatly appreciate everything. I'm not you're that doing smart. For Monero and, <laughs> and and and, and uh, yeah, hey. 
You're pretty good. Well, if you're not, then I mean, uh, everybody should give it a go then. <laughs> so see if you can do what Justin's done. Um, anybody who's listening for the first time, we, we do these shows every week. We do our Monero talk show where we interview somebody in the space for an hour. Uh, now we're doing them on spaces. So you could jump up and ask your questions after the interview. And then we also have our weekly Monerotopia show. We do that on the weekends, New, uh, 11 a.m. New York City time on Saturdays. And that's just a, a live show with the Monero community. Uh, and I, I put up in the in the, the top here the link to Monerotopia. We're throwing our conference. So I pinned that to the top. So anybody who's just discovering us, uh, please check that out. Justin's going to be one of the speakers. He announced it today. That, that was great. And uh, we got a we got a couple of other uh, heavy hitters already lined up, and I'm sure there will be plenty more. So just want to take advantage of this and get the word out there. Justin, thanks again, man. Any Anything else you want to leave us with? Um, it's, uh, I feel like there should be something, but I got, I got nothing. Keep using Monero. Use it as often as, often as you can. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I couldn't agree more. Use, use Monero, folks. Yep. As often, as often as you can. Hi, Monero Land. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. We release new episodes every week. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube, Odyssey, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to MoneroTalk.live for a full list of places where you can watch and listen. If you want to interact with us, guests, or other podcast listeners, you can follow us on Twitter. Monero Talk is also made possible from contributions by viewers and listeners like you. And supporting us is easier than ever by typing in MoneroTalk.crypto in your Monero.com or CakeWallet send address field to send us a tip. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to being back next week.